IPI Freedom Dialogues, Turkey. Join the conversation on the future of quality journalism. Welcome to Freedom Dialogues, Turkey. I am Cansu Çamlıbey. I am a journalist from Turkey and I am also a member of the IPI National Committee. And Freedom Dialogues is our most recent project as the IPI Turkey team. And in our first episode, I was joined by our team leader Kadri Gürsel and he gave us a perfect summary of the grim situation for journalists of Turkey. We also focused on our colleague Nedim Turfan's case. He is one of the dozens of journalists behind the bars in Turkey. In fact, he has been in jail more than 1500 days now. And today, in our second episode, another member of the IPI Turkey committee, Emre Kızılkaya, is here with me. Emre, welcome to the Freedom Dialogues. Thank you, Jansu. Thank you for having me. Good to have you indeed. Emre and I, we go way back. We used to work for the same publication. And just by coincidence, we both resigned from that same publication the same week last year, in 2019. Although we had not discussed uh, among ourselves, I am quite sure that the reasons for both of us not to stay at Hürriyet were quite similar. The censorship in the newsroom had left no other choice for me, and I took that decision when I was the DC correspondent, which used to be one of the top jobs in Turkish journalism before the media was absolutely crashed in Turkey. Now, even holding the title of editor-in-chief does not mean much. Not only at Hürriyet, but all those mainstream outlets taken over by the pro-government companies and directly controlled by President Erdogan's office. Well, Emre, I know that was quite a long scene setter, but some things need to be reminded often if we are discussing what is taking place in the Turkish media landscape in the year 2020. Coming back to you. Today, you are the project coordinator of the online publication Journo, which is established by Turkey's Journalists Union, a non-profit organization. Can you tell us more on what you're trying to achieve with Journo? Thank you, John. So like you explained, the uh, underlying reason behind our resignations from Hürriyet newspaper uh, was more or less the same. We want to continue independent journalism. And it was no longer possible to do that at Hürriyet because it was bought out by a family, the Emiran family, which is close to President Erdogan and turned all their former outlets, they had already did it, uh, they turned them to partisan outlets. And especially after I saw that they used Hürriyet to spread this information and propaganda, like fabricating quotes from the opposition members of parliament, or calling the main opposition party's presidential candidate a liar on their website, on Hürriyet's website. I decided to leave as quick as possible, and I did. And in fact, I, as a journalist, left there. But the bigger problem for them, for Turkey's old mainstream media, was the fact that their loyal readers also left. Uh, now, 
paper circulation is so low now, just 20,000. The real circulation is around 20,000 in a country of 85 million people. It's nothing. And their digital footprint is still big. But the important part is that these are not loyal readers. Nobody's coming directly to their websites. They are coming to their websites through other channels like social media and Google. As much as Google and social media platforms future their stories, boost their stories, they receive a lot of visitors. Otherwise, nobody's going there anymore because they lost that trust from the audience side. So I decided to work with Turkey's next generation journalists and journalists is part of that. I had already started these efforts uh, long before actually I resigned. Like three, four years ago, I started to write in my column on Hürriyet's website, which was mostly about new media. And I wrote several articles about journalism students or student journalists and how their curriculums in Turkey in journalism schools should be updated, all by listening to deans, to scholars and to the students themselves. And after that, journal is now a great place to combine this experience and know-how with all the network that we have in almost all provinces in Turkey. They produce journalism, they are also consuming journalism, and they want quality media. And I think now we are in a transitional phase. We will have it sooner or later. And you looked into the ecosystem, the boundaries of which are clearly defined by uh, big tech companies. And what did you find out? Yes, Google is a big part of it because when I left Turkey, almost 70% of their traffic, digital traffic, was coming from Google, was sourced in Google. Uh, the most news users, let's say news consumers in Turkey, actually they reach their news incidentally. They don't want to go to a certain news brand. They just Google it and just go wherever the search engine suggests. Emre, when you say most of the readers in Turkey, do we have an exact figure for that? I can safely say that all big news organizations in Turkey receive at least half of their visitors from Google right now. So from sector to sector, it may change. Yeah, from sector to sector, it may change. Like in e-commerce, it can be different. But for the news business, most of the users come from Google. That's why they invest heavily in tactics like search engine optimization, etc. But the problem is much bigger than user experience, which is because of these SEO tactics, those clickbait content, uh, those photo galleries that just inflate page views by bringing a poor user experience, pop-up ads, etc. These are all bad for user experience, okay? But the worst thing is that they are also able to spread hate speech, disinformation through Google. Well, Emre, for old hacks like me, of course, I'm trying to catch up with all those concepts in the digital now as I am also running an online independent publication. But maybe it's it's worth elaborating on what you mean by saying that uh, SEO tactics... Now, the problem with Google in Turkey is that although, you know, there is this Japanese saying, they say that if the music changes, the dance should also change. Now the music changed in Turkey because now all the big, bigger outlets are controlled directly or indirectly controlled by the government. So they are highly partisan in this sense. But Google behaves as if nothing changed and they give the same amount of visibility to these outlets in their search engine. That led to the domination of almost all key search results by these 
partisan pro-government outlets in very important keywords. For instance, in Turkish, son dakika, it can be translated as last minute, literally, but it means breaking news. And it brings around 1 million visitors only to Hürriyet. I know it from my own experience that every day, 1 million people searching for breaking news, coming to Hürriyet by clicking one of the results, which is the most recent news normally. But if you let these outlets have all the results, because you know these are big outlets, and because of their long archive of news in certain keywords, they are very strong, like news, for instance, or breaking news. So in such keywords... Uh, they are really strong. They are, which means that, you know, they have an authority, high authority, according to Google. By leaving all these search results, they also enable these outlets to propagate, to spread, for instance, hate speech. For instance, let's give a concrete example. On Pride Week, Google in Turkey, they featured the rainbow flag, etc. Mm-hmm. Great, celebrating. So we say, great, Google, you are great, right? But then just search for LGBT on Google. And I will give you just two top results, top news stories, which is curated by Google with its algorithm. One of them is Yeni Akit newspaper. It is quoting an Islamist politician and the newspaper itself, their editors itself, says that LGBT associations that are deviant and that are working to break up society's ethical norms. So this is the start of the new story and Google features it as a top new story. Now this pro-government Islamist newspaper is a smaller paper, but the second result is from a much bigger newspaper and which is actually much closer to President Erdogan because it is it is owned by President Erdogan's son-in-law's brother. So this is a, like a family business. Mm-hmm. And Google's third result, third result is from Sabah newspaper. And it says that the main opposition party, CHP, caused a scandal by forming an LGBT assembly, by inviting LGBT representatives to their municipal government offices. And the newspaper on its headline, which is featured on Google, say that this is Rezalet. Rezalet can be translated scandal. as scandal. Uh, and it's something shameful. So Google also features that one as well. Obviously, this does not work for Google. I believe that sooner or later they will recognize it because they currently do not enforce their international standards in Turkey. You mentioned, especially for Akit, it's such a small publication and it doesn't really resonate even with the larger populations among the, the waters of the government. It's such a niche publication and always going for the extreme. So what is the point? Are they are they paying Google to do that? Payment side is... Different. I mean, it's not a big, big deal, but still they are, yes, they are the biggest customers of Google's enterprise services like Google Analytics and G Suite. Uh, so these are big companies, media companies buying Google services. But I don't think that that's the key. I think there may be two reasons. First, they bring a lot of advertising revenue, which is a more indirect revenue because when you click these websites like Sabah, for instance, mm-hmm. you see Google's own ad platform, Google Ads platform, monetizing their content. So when you click them, every one lira is going to Google and the other lira goes to that outlet like Sabah. And the second reason is that uh, Google actually in the past blocked 
or removed these outlets, many, many big outlets, including curiates, including billets. They removed many outlets temporarily because of such disinformation, poor quality, poor user experience, clickbait content, and such stuff. They banned them for a few days. They don't do it anymore. It was years ago. They don't do it anymore. And I can only explain this either by profit motive or a fear of the government of being blocked in Turkey, for instance like YouTube once blocked. So they may be fearing of such repercussions. What you are describing apparently implies that Google, in the case of Turkey, probably this happens in the in the case of other countries too, Google actually makes concessions to the Turkish government in order to avoid headaches, possible headaches for running an operation, running a big operation in this country. Is that right? It is possible. I think that they don't really know the Turkish media landscape, especially politically. They are unaware, largely. They don't have a real office in Turkey. They have just an advertising branch. I'm sorry, but it's not uh, it's not a secret anymore what's happening in the Turkish media landscape. This has been happening uh, more than more than a decade now, and uh, we are talking about uh, a. A company which should be politically savvy. I mean, it's it's an empire. It's a huge empire uh, around the world. So I find it quite strange that a company like Google is doesn't have an office and doesn't really pay attention to what's happening in this country. Well, because in Turkey, Google earns a lot of money already. And uh, such big platforms everywhere in the world do not change things just because it's good to change things. They change things only when there is public pressure, just like Facebook does. So as long as there is no reaction in Turkey against Google publicly, I know there are reactions. Like, for instance, if you check Ekşi which is the largest Turkish forum, online forum, you see hundreds of user feedback saying that because of such stuff they stop using google and change to DuckDuckGo or bing or other search engines but there is no outcry in turkey no public outcry but google does not enforce its own standards in turkey that's the problem do you imagine for instance infowars appearing in top news results in certain keywords it never happens because infowars effectively is banned by google but they don't enforce such quality standards in turkey unfortunately talking about what what they promote what they ban because i knew we were going to discuss this topic i went out and checked the situation with duvar english the publication that i work for Uh, which is relatively a young publication, obviously. And some of the content that we produce at Dua English, it doesn't exist anywhere else. And I check on Google and we are not even on the 50th page. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact that I am the only publication putting that material out there. I'm not banned. I'm not outlawed or anything. It's quality material. And as you said, mm-hmm. probably Google does not really, I mean, we don't have special agreements, financial contracts with Google. That's one thing. And the other thing is that probably because of the lack of a clear set of criteria on how to do this, mm-hmm. do our English doesn't really, you know, like pop up, even with mm-hmm. the exclusive stories What? that we produce. I'm checking from an SEO tool and see that, for instance, Hurriyet out of 100, Their domain score is 88. And they uh, got, 88. by the way, backlinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
what they call backlinks somehow really significantly impact your search engine results, ranking of the results. And Hurriyet's main page, the homepage, I mean, received recently received 229 links. Okay, so they have 88 domain score and 229 links. Yeni Akit, on the other hand, has a score, domain score of 71 uh, with 78 links. 78 links. Now, Duvar English recently received 10 links. But do you know your domain score? No. Nope. According to Google, zero. So they don't even see you at all. So this is, this is one of the problems. Google's algorithm algorithms itself is problematic. It is not, especially in Turkish. In English, it's much better, actually. But in Turkish, it's even worse than that. In time... It will improve, definitely, even if you don't do anything, it will improve. But it's at the same time giving these SEO tricks, these SEO tactics, what is called black hat SEO, for instance. I searched for Jew, the word Jew. Mm -hmm. And the top result, the top news result selected by Google, Google's algorithm, is a, a column from Yeni Shafak data which is a blatantly anti-Semitic column that says that Jews rule the world. They rule Russia, they rule even China, not only Israel, they rule everywhere and they are now coming for us as the flag bearers of Islam evil resistance. So it was such a, they don't do anything in Turkey right now for such content, but Google must So uh, I think it might be useful for our audience to say that the publication that you're talking about and the kind of hate speech that they advertise in their so-called news stories could be compared to maybe Breitbart in the United States. Exactly. Yeah, so Infowars, Breitbart, such stuff. When we are talking about the freedom of media, freedom of speech environment, it's usually our intention to criticize the government's which we have the right to do so, especially in a country like Turkey, they are using the laws, the constitution, countries, courts and judges against us to stop us doing fair and objective and balanced reporting. Of course, we will continue to criticize and we will continue to ask for bettering of our rights in Turkey and elsewhere as IPI. But also, What we have been discussing in this episode is very, very important because it should be all to demand answers and clarifications and cooperation with us from big tech companies like Google. Exactly. What we want is just to improve the Turkish news ecosystem. As press freedom advocates, we want just a healthy news diet for all Turkish news users. We don't want them to see so much hate speech, so much disinformation. Of course, it's not possible to completely eliminate disinformation from digital landscape. No, this is not what I'm saying. Time, but but to give yeah. to give the priority to, to this kind of content while the other voices are non-existent on Google, mm -hmm. it's, it's mm -hmm. quite outrageous, I should say. Well, I know this problem has specifically to do with Google because it's a search engine. But in the Turkish media landscape, we've been also having problems with Facebook, for instance. Before we close this episode, can you remind the audience of the situation of mm -hmm. Facebook in Turkey vis-a-vis -vis the news coverage? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, when Facebook Live went online for the first time, I think almost four years ago, in Turkey, we were the first one that adopted it at Hürriyet. We started Facebook Live regular shows. Every two days, we were with a different Hürriyet columnist, 
Uh, we actually made it with you two, right? Mm-hmm. You were in Washington. We had done it for a long time, actually. Facebook was seen as one of the places that journalism can safely live, can even flourish. Because for a long time, Facebook was also one of the biggest sources of digital traffic to website, to news websites, including the biggest brands in the world, like the New York Times. Their algorithm had always been very problematic, for instance. They were more favoring entertainment stuff much more than hard news because of the way that their feed was designed through user engagements. So BuzzFeed was almost always receiving much more traffic than even the New York Times for a long time. But then we saw that after it created a lot of problems for Facebook itself because this information was spread by a lot of especially American news websites on Facebook as well. So they decided to completely cut that traffic to news websites, almost completely. In one or two years, it improved a little bit, but still Facebook is not right now one of the dominant traffic sources of most news outlets. Still, it's important. It's perhaps a different demographic, especially in Turkey. Older people mm-hmm. usually use Facebook. Younger people are on different platforms, Instagram, etc. For instance, Google's founding philosophy is better than Facebook, actually. Because Zuckerberg, for the past 10 years, repeatedly showed that he's just for the money. As long as the company tries, is profitable. Because just recently, he said that uh, in Australia, I think, in Australia, Facebook was warned about paying for newspapers. Zuckerberg just said that, okay, we will just completely leave the news business there. We won't future them. And it will not make any impact on our business. Everything he sees from the perspective of business. But as you know, we are journalists and journalism is similarly, you know, connecting actually people. And we know that even if we work for private companies, like we we did before for, Mm -hmm. for a long time for both of us, but profit motive is not as journalists are motive. Of Of, course, the priority is the public interest, of course. Exactly. Public interest was the core motivation for us. Profitability is, of course, important at the same time because you need to survive. You need to have a sustainable media business, for instance, so that you will serve the public interest more efficiently, more effectively. Digital platforms should see it in a similar way because they are now also in this business of news. They should start considering public interest as well. Well, thank you, Emre. This is really, really important stuff. Please continue to do the research to pressure these companies. This was the second episode of Freedom Dialogues. Emre Kızılkaya from Turkey's Journalists Union joined me today to discuss the digital ecosystem, which is dominated by big tech companies like Google. Emre, before I close, uh, do you have final remarks? Thank you for your nice words. And I wish success to both this podcast and also to Duvar English. Thank you so much, Emre. This is the end of our second episode. And until next time, stay healthy and take care. Goodbye. This podcast was produced with the financial support of the European Union. However, IPI has the sole responsibility of the content. Discussions and views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Union.